0: Welcome in. Uh, this is the Hold That Podcast Podcast. Uh, I am your host, T Bob Abair. I am joined uh, as I am every week by the athletics, Brody Miller, and uh, this is an athletic podcast. So you should go to the athletic.com/slash hold that podcast. For 40% off um, of what is the best sports writing site, the best sports site on the internet. It's incredible. No ads. It's super cheap with a sign-up code. Go do it. Uh, This an LSU Football Podcast, we talk LSU football every Tuesday for about 30, 40 minutes. And that's all it's about. And, uh, well, except for maybe some tequila. Brody, what's going on, man? How are you doing on this
1: uh, Tuesday, June, whatever it is? Honestly, I appreciate the, the help on that segue because I'm doing great because, you know, I'll go full circle here, I guess. You know, you often on the show when we, you know, lately in quarantine, we've been talking a lot about cocktails and you keep telling us about Ranch Waters, which is a very Texas drink. And I've heard of it, but never really drank them. I am now officially a convert and I am have a Ranch Water in my hand as we speak. Oh. It has become the new, uh, the drink of the summer for me. So I, I have to thank you for that.
0: Uh, it's a great summer drink. Um, not that this is ever really a headspace that I operate out of, but if you are trying to watch your figure while still getting your buzz on at night, I mean, there's nothing wrong with a little Topo Chico and tequila. And that's what, well, Brody, actually, why don't you explain what it is? Because I'm doing the very lazy dad utilitarian ranch water where I'm just taking my hydro flask. Dumping two ranch waters in it and then filling the rest with tequila. I'm not even throwing in any limes. How 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 are you making yours?
1: Yeah, for you it sounds like the the juice is literally not worth the squeeze, and that's you know that's tough to hear. And it's a tough thing for you because you know I think this it's two very conflicting concepts with you because I think in some ways you don't have to ask anything you do in this life. You literally when you do something you are full throttle. But, you know, you're also a bit of a gamer nerd, and that, that comes with some laziness traits, so yes. it's a real, a real contrast. It, but, I mean,
0: you hit the nail on the head, dude. The juice is just not <laughs> worth the squeeze, like straight up. That's uh, it.
1: A ranch water is, from what I understand, like an old school, like Texas, da- like West Texas drink, oh. and it is the most simple thing ever. It is literally just tequila, uh, li- some, like a, the, basically the lime juice of basically a whole lime or as much as you want, and Topo Chico, mineral water, whatever mineral water you want, it is the most simple drink, and you're thinking, and like, it's, ma- really it's sparkling mineral water, right? I mean, yes, yes. okay, just making yes. sure that you're not
0: drinking like flat mineral water. That'd be 100. percent. Yeah.
1: So it's like you wouldn't even think it would cover up, you know, like it would chase away the tequila that well, but it is the most refreshing and easy to drink and just downable thing, while also being, you know, like you said, you know, and if you care about those things, a pretty damn healthy drink. And I had my first one like two days ago, and I am just. Full they're throttle so, in on these. I, so I don't want to abuse it. Because so I don't want to tasty. ruin it for myself. Uh,
0: yeah, I've already crossed the abuse lines for sure. It's like my go to make the pool fun drink. And it's
1: easy. That's, that's also a factor. It's like, you know, like I always talk on the show about how I love making old fashioned. Don't get me wrong, old fashioned is not a hard but drink if, or anything to it's make. It's a process, but, though. There's a bunch of steps, you know, and sometimes it's like, hey, I literally just want to pour some tequila. I, I we I will admit we just recently bought a nicer juicer to make this process oh. pretty, pretty easy, which was a great purchase. Proud, proud decision. And then, yeah, just pour some Topo Chico. I mean, that takes literally 30 seconds to make. Yes, yeah, Although so, I did shatter a glass making it. I will admit that. Uh,
0: I break, I think, realistically, I think I break one glass a month. Just doing yeah, dishes, not, so you know what are you gonna do? You lost know? a lot of good men
1: out there, yeah. It's absolutely.
0: um, uh, what do they call it when people like budget to know that stuff is gonna get stolen? Uh, I, I don't know. I what know what call you're talking it. about, but like but it's that's not that our. Thing. Yeah, it's it's that thing for me. Uh, so that is your hold that podcast drink of the week, ranch water. Um, you should try some. Are when we gonna make do? this a
1: trend? Because I don't have that many in the holster.
0: <laughs> get the when you do though. Let's make sure that you get real tequila, 100 percent blue agave. I don't care about the brand as much as you just make sure that you get real tequila. Um, Brody, you know what I love even more than real tequila is real quarterbacks. And right now at LSU, the future potentially looks very bright at that position. Um, we've been talking about it a lot on my radio show, and I know that uh, you've been thinking and writing about it as well. But, like, just with – I mean, right now you look at Miles Brennan and then Max Johnson, and they got Finley, and they got uh, Garrett Nussmeyer now in the pipeline, Um, Jamie Walker-Howard, who's really highly rated. We keep hyping up this Arch Manning train that, you know, who knows what's that's going to happen there. Uh, But the first time in a long time LSU quarterback looks like potentially very stable and good for years to come.
1: Yeah, and the thing I always like to explain to people, and I just think this is like a context, you know, obviously everyone who listens to the show is already an LSU fan most likely, so they probably know this. But it's just I always have to point out to people that as much as people want to talk about like Joe Burrow's extreme jump from 2018 to 2019, which is, yeah, I mean, it's the story of the season. There's a part of context people forget is that. People in Baton Rouge were thrilled with 2018 Joe Burrow. You know, it was he only threw for 2,800 yards, 16 touchdowns, no five picks, which was great. But but he took him to a Fiesta Bowl, and he was a huge jump in the right direction. Which is to say, for like LSU, a pretty decent quarterback was a huge step because for decades, I mean, sure, there. I don't want to make it sound worse than it was, but quarterback has not been a strength for LSU. Arguably, I mean, comparing to other superpowers, it's probably in the bottom skill in college football history. And yeah, I mean, it, it, so when you're talking about a school that just that has been the one hurdle, you know, they can recruit every single other area of the field and thrive at it. But they, and sure, part of it was the offense. So we've talked about that length. We don't have to dive into it right now, but. They, they just haven't been able to develop great quarterbacks. They haven't been great quarterbacks in college either, which is an po- important differential. And now they had the best quarterback season, some would argue, ever, and you're already seeing that maybe change how things go forever. You know what I mean? Yeah, which is up to the coaches it's, to really land.
0: And, and these guys that are committed obviously have to stay, and Miles Brandon has to prove to be good. and. You have to prove that you can develop a guy like Max Johnson after that. So, like, the path is long. It's just that if you're trying to extrapolate, it looks infinitely brighter than it did two years ago when Joe Burrow uh, committed to LSU because it looks way deeper. And 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 we'll see where that goes. Okay, this is just this just you just kind of called this to mind. Um, Why do you think LSU fans? We're so happy with 2018 Joe Burrow, but so unhappy with 2017 Danny Etling, giving that their stats would have been pretty much equivalent. I mean, Etling had 2,500 yards. I think it was like what, like 16 touchdowns, maybe four picks. Where two picks? Yeah, he didn't turn the ball okay, over at all. Two picks. There you go. So yeah. even even better. Where? where wha, wha, why the? Uh, why the different feelings surrounding the two?
1: That's actually an awesome question, and one that I don't even know if either of us really have the answer to. But I think it was the little things, right? It was, you know, the the check the, the line of scrimmage that he changes up the, you know, in the Miami game to switch to the other side and led to a huge Nick Brosett play, or or like a guy. I think okay, I think it really comes down to this: it was having a guy that you just trusted in moments. And I know that's not something you really. I think can really, you hit the nail on the head. Yeah, it's just you know, like in certain games, you know, the Georgia game comes to mind, or Auburn or, game. Auburn is the best one. That's Before, actually it. I mean, it's the, just
0: That's the drive right there where exactly won the hearts and minds of the fans probably. Because I guess that was Atling's big critique, right, is that, I mean, he had his moments too, but nothing as visceral as as like that last, that last drive and that last touch, you know, the last touchdown and the last drive to set up the game winning field goal.
1: Yeah I mean it's the whole thing of like game manager can be this really like unfair critique that people drop down and I actually think you know you can call Joe Burrow a game manager but I think that's a positive with 2018 Joe Burrow but if you say that about Etling, it's probably a negative yeah, you know it's, it's the that's fascinating term because yeah I just think Etling was he can manage a game he won't lose it for you but he's never going to win it for you probably I mean I didn't watch Etling as close that was before I got in the beat but still I mean I actually watched him at Purdue and No I mean that was that was pretty much that, that, like I'm sure if you go
0: back and, and like I'm forgetting things right like immediately coming back from 21 nothing against Auburn um kind of jumps to mind he had to make a lot of plays to do that but he never felt like the reason why you were able to do that to your point Burrow felt like the reason why you were able to win some of those games. I mean, Auburn jumps out. Then you mentioned the Georgia game. That's where the, the, the team, O'Gron said, the team kind of bought in. And then I think about uh, the Fiesta Bowl getting lit up, how he bounced back from that. I mean, the seven overtimes, even though they lose. I that think game. of the AM
1: game most. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. So, so okay, that, that that's interesting. I guess that's, that's where the difference comes in. And what a fascinating kind of commentary on. How numbers don't always tell the whole story, right? Especially in how we in how we judge these guys.
1: No, I think that's a really good point. And as much as I want to talk about how recruiting's gonna, and I want to talk about it about how recruiting is about to jump off, and we're gonna call it the Joe Burrow effect, probably, and all these things. I mean, I should give Ed Ogiron and Steve Ensminger and these guys credit for. The first big quarterback recruit they ever landed was Joe Burrow. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he wasn't necessarily rated or anything like and, that. He's not going to show up. And
0: actually getting, and this was made. Were, Brennan was were, big. You're were here. You here for the Brennan commitment just
1: because that was. I was, was in like, Mississippi for it, so I actually knew it well, too. Oh, uh,
0: okay. Because that was right when Ogeron got the job, right? And everybody was so excited that Brennan was committed because he felt like one of these top 100 guys that it feels like now they just have lined up. And I don't know if he was, but he just felt like, you know, somebody who. Was a special talent in the position, and so for Ozron to carry that commitment was really big at the time. And then, and then yes, and then obviously the Joe Burrow
1: beating out for his for his talents. You know, it's invaluable. Yeah, I mean, it, and it was a mixture of, I mean, LSU is going to get credit for a lot of pieces of it, but I mean, I think just the underlying point that really is everything involved is just LSU has always been a recruiting superpower it just has it's always going to be a top five it should always be in the top seven classes in the country and if it isn't they did something wrong and there was the fact that you can do that while still never recruiting quarterbacks well is i mean in a bizarre way almost impressive you know what i mean like how you really like like that's how you you end up with
0: like more players in
1: the nfl than anybody but yeah like how how are you ranking that high when you always have a three-star quarterback yeah and And so then the idea that you are now unlocking the one area, which, by the way, is the most important area in football, when you're already a superpower, now you can unlock this. That's the thing that you took. It's not even just that you developed Joe Burrow, which is huge, but it's the idea that every quarterback probably already knew that LSU was loaded in talent and that if you went there, you'd be surrounded by talent. But now you finally are showing a whole generation of quarterbacks. You can put them in an offense to succeed. You can put them a, in, in a system that's just gonna be loaded with receivers and you don't you can just be, you know, I don't want to oversimplify it, but you can be a game manager and put up big stats. Yeah. I mean, that idea that now it's like, okay, you have all that, and LSU's always been, for lack of a better term, a cool recruiting place to go. Yeah. It's like, wow, it's unlocked now, I think, is the best way to put it. Is that now you are I'm not saying you're gonna land a Caleb Williams or all these guys, but you are gonna be in the door with every major quarterback.
0: Well, and and to your point, um, so, so as we mentioned coming in, uh, Garrett Nussmeyer commits, and then Walker Howard commits. Um, what is the stat that you uh, that, 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 that you saw?
1: Well, I mean, there's a lot of them, honestly, but the number one is, I mean, it's the first time, and granted, like you said, you have to sign them, and it's still two years away from most of these guys, but they have LSU has never, in the modern recruiting era, which is about 20 years, has never signed top 100 quarterbacks in consecutive classes which is remarkable honestly for a school like lsu and i mean we even have a graph on our story where it's breaking down every commit every high school commit to lsu since 2010 and i mean i could read it for you it's crazy and a lot of these guys were your era i mean it's zach lee was 443 gerard randall 182 steven rivers 576 hayden reddick 143 and he transferred (laughs) anthony jennings 207 the only other top 100 quarterback to come to lsu this decade was Brandon Harris, number 75, and he was obviously a, a very big bust. So yeah. I just think, I mean, they they literally have only had like two in the top 200 this decade. And yeah, they had some other big ones in the 2000s, like a Russell Shepard or Ryan Perilu came in. But one, Shepard obviously became more of a receiver. And two, Perilu was more of just a pure running threat. So Nussmeier and Howard are really actually like the highest pro-style passers since Jamarcus Russell in 2000, I think, 3. So, I mean, it's actually, this is, it's not just like a, a conversational thing about getting better quarterbacks. It is, these are groundbreaking moves and changes in LSU recruiting.
0: Yeah, and uh, and if it all does, if, 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 if LSU fans want to daydream here and they do want to jump years into the future where LSU is a, bastion of good quarterback play put together multiple solid years in a row like what a fascinating study it will be to like you said to to kind of break down that that Joe Burrow effect but but who knows if that if that comes to pass we'll have to see but like I said they have a lot of talent there now and the battles like I I think this is clearly Miles Brennan's team right now um judging something uh, changing or, you know, like judging just a great camp from like one of the other guys and, and they beating him out. Uh, I think this is clear miles, but watching the battles post Brennan or maybe even next year with Johnson and Finley. Some of these other guys are going to be pretty fascinating to, uh, to, to watch from afar. And I think like that, that's the goal, right? You, you throw as many good guys in that room and then whoever wins that job, will be up to the task. And uh, Brody, they may... Well, actually, I was just going to do another cheesy segue, but do you have anything you want to add on <laughs> quarterbacks before we talk about the fact that Nick Storrs is 6'5 <laughs> and 250 and now playing tight end?
1: Well, I think the only thing I want to say before we leave on quarterbacks is now it's actually where it gets really interesting. It's that Joe Burrow is the greatest success, you know, obviously, and that's going to be a catalyst, but now it's actually can you develop a high school quarterback? Because we still haven't seen them do that. Huh, and we assume Miles yes. Brennan's made big things and and all that. But the the quarterbacks, I would assume, and especially teams recruiting against LSU are going to use this against them, is that we still haven't seen them actually develop a quarterback from high school to being a star. And Miles Brennan is the the ultimate test case. He's been in the program for three years, been learning from this head coach and this offensive coordinator for three years. Well, two years with Ensvanger, but still. And... I, I mean, this is going to be it because, the, I mean, history shows they, they don't really do that. So I, I think that's the big thing is that what happens with Max Johnson, what happens with Miles Brennan and, and, you know, Nussmeier, all these guys, that's the real story because LSU deserves credit for Joe Burrow, but there's also a little bit of Joe Burrow's a once in a generation, just personality and guy. And I, like I said, I think LSU deserves credit, but doesn't mean I still am waiting to see it happen again. Yeah.
0: Uh, so I don't know, right? I, I think that Miles learned from Burrow some, or like, I've just been thinking a lot about culture in organizations lately, right? And like, um, how Ogeron's always talking about the LSU standard of performance, this idea that I, I can't remember if you got it from like Carroll or Johnson or who he got it from, but some head coach you worked with and, and, and how culture is established. I think Aaron Glenn, uh, the Saints DB coach might've, Said this in kind of the fallout from the Drew Brees situation, where he said it was something along the lines of like maybe coach fed but player led, right? Like the coach kind of tells you what's expected of you, but ultimately the culture within the team is going to be led by the players of the team. And so you hear about this practice last year. We talked about this, you know, you had great leadership in every single position group. Well, if you're doing that again this year, that that that's interesting because that is like a direct lesson learned from the past and from a team that used that to be successful and now that is a lesson that in theory like the next class would do and then the next and the one after that and so it's this idea that maybe this this team ends up being the seed of this culture this LSU standard of performance and uh and 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 maybe it leads to long-term success so that's 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 what I was thinking about hearing that they got together again on Saturday which is which which I had never heard of in my College experience?
1: No, I mean it's one of those things, like you're saying, the culture stuff that can sound so eye roll worthy, and it can sound so fake, fugazi, you know, not a real thing. And and it's and it is. I mean, I think I think the fact that you are now you're a program that for generations hasn't, you know, the the guy waiting doesn't see what it's like to be a real quarterback, and suddenly Miles Brennan, who's by the way seen bad, not bad, but not great quarterback play in front of him before. You know is is now getting to watch how you actually do things, and like you're saying, it's gonna pass on. I mean, and no, Pat, Pete Carroll, Ed Ojean's mentor, like you said, I mean, that is like his number one thing that he like preated himself on, and 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 wrote books about was competition culture, and and how like he wanted best on best, and he wanted you know the quarterbacks always competing, and no one ever being secure, and that's how guys get better. So that's how you have them go for Parson Palmer to. To Matt Liner, while Matt Castles the backup to John David Booty to Mark Sanchez, Matt Barkley. Although you know that's how that happens, and I think you know she was a long way to go to catch up to that, but that is how it starts is is having somebody create the culture and keep it going. So yeah, no, I, I think that's very about.
0: Um. So in other LSU news, uh, as we teased earlier, uh, LSU baseball pitcher Nick Stores, who you might have covered in your baseball days. Brody is now a member of the LSU football team uh he is a 6'5 250 tight end my kids are breaking down and I was watching um we were watching his film this morning and like his high school film now obviously he played at like a, a similar situation to me right I played like 2A private school ball in in Georgia or just 2A ball and i was like twice the size of everyone stores looks like a giant out there but it's still impressive nonetheless
1: yeah it, it, so i have to I have to say it became like a running joke uh when we used to cover baseball of just kind of like like have you seen nick stores shirtless because it was just this thing where you know he would like often like cause he was it's okay it's it's worth noting nick stores became like a, a a laughing point because he was injured his entire LSU baseball career. I mean, he's still going, but I mean, he's been injured his whole career. So often he'd be doing things away from the team, practicing, and we just see him like doing, you know, jogging the field shirtless for an hour. And it was just like, oh, that guy is like a character in a in a Disney movie. The way his body is just like sculpted. It is a perfect like, body, yeah. and, it's just, and it, yeah. so. Yeah, he's Jack. It's the only way to put it. And, I mean, there was no doubt this guy had all the physical ability to be, like, a superstar pitcher. I mean, he turned down legit money to come to college. But you know he, he was always hurt so it was just kind of funny to hear that he might actually be a tight end and then you parallel that with the i mean who's the other famous baseball player to come to lsu and try to be a tight end the current punter zach von rosenberg i mean he he tried to be a tight end and a quarterback at lsu and obviously ended up being a, a star punter but yeah so it's just kind of funny i guess in that sense that it's like all right another one but nick stores even more than zach von rosenberg and i think i think exactly I mean,
0: dude i think i think stores potentially has a chance to play. I just exactly. like you said, like he's a true physical specimen and, and what it means now is is this the thad moss effect brody you have oh eric God. gilbert the highest rated tight end in 247 history yeah they gave cole taylor who they love the six seven bean pole love his potential right <laughs> six, you know, know nick Stores checking in at 65250 yeah, Jamal Pedigree is Jamal Pedigree like 6'6", like 260 maybe? And 35 years old, which is just, cool to Just see, a you know? giant of a man. I mean, look at the beef. And that's not even getting into the psychosis of a Tory Carter or the pedigree of an Aaron Moffat. Like, look at the the beef right now and the size in the tight end room. It is a, It is an impressive group of human beings.
1: Yeah, I mean, and and it kind of the thing with that group is there's a lot of, you know, supposed upside in talent, but you don't have that many established bodies. You just don't. I mean, you have. Jamal Pettigrew's been hurt his whole career. Eric Gilbert's supposed to be your star, and he probably will be, but again, has never played a snap of college football yet. Same with Cole Taylor. You know, Aaron Moffitt, I mean, just I just don't think there's ever really an expectation he's going to be like a, a, a three-down player. So you really have no experience, so you need bodies, because when you don't have experience, you have bodies to figure out who's actually good. So am I expecting Nick Storrs to be the starting tight end at LSU? No, but he's another body, and, you know, from what I've gathered, he's already been, you know, he's been working with Miles in the quarterback. And like, I've heard it's actually been going pretty well. I mean, it's not with pads, so it's all relative. And, you know, you don't know how he's actually going to be able to block or anything like that. But the idea that he's, you know, actually already learning the offense, part of these things, and he is genuinely already the size of an SEC tight end. I mean, yeah, I mean, I think it's, It's it it could work. It's fun. Yeah. it's fun. We need fun. This is yes. June. Sports are dead. We have no sports going on. We need fun. You know what that is? The injured pitcher becoming your starting tight end. I need that storyline. Hey, my life. I
0: mean, I just needed the stores hype train back in my life. There's something nostalgic about it. Yeah. It reminds me of a pre 2020 era, a more oh, a great point. Innocent and naive age. So I am. Yeah, here I, for the I, big I do need to say hype. that
1: because for for people who are maybe like just LSU football fans who listen, who like aren't necessarily in the baseball weeds. I mean there I can't really think of many things like the Nick Stores hype train that happened it it became like there was a point where my job was just like to write a story every time Nick Stores threw a bullpen session because he was always hurt but everybody was excited about him and especially in 2018 like that pitching staff was just a mess and everyone was hurt so it was like Nick's could Nick Stores be the savior to fix the 2018 season it, it was like clockwork every single week that happened and every time it'd be like Paul Maneri, who sometimes God bless him just can't help himself and he's just like I really think Nick's going to come in and, you know, he's going to be a star for us. He's got God-given talent, and yeah. then he'd get hurt again a week later. So, yeah, so I think really we need that in the football world. And I, I don't know if there's an LSU of football equivalent to Nick Storrs already. I guess it was Thad Dad Moss that Moss gone. dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and look at it. He ended up being a beast. Do, that that occurred ACC, to me as I said it. <laughs> dude, all
0: SEC, count it. Hop aboard. Choo-choo. Uh, <laughs> That's our first okay.
1: question to him. Uh, how is Thad Moss as of someone who was also always injured your motivation?
0: <laughs> oh, man. Uh, this is the Hold That Podcast podcast. So as, I, I don't know how much this is going to make in the final recording, but it's a little crazy over here. So um, we're going to call it a day today, uh, every week. Hold That Podcast podcast, athletic.com. Uh, go to com slash hold that podcast 40% off the sign up so well worth it buy your meats at a Specialty Meats off of Jefferson and Bocage if you're living in Baton Rouge uh, Brody anything on the way out
1: I don't think so I mean yeah buy your meats at A-Bear Specialty yeah. Meats can say, it, can say it more
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. And sign up for The Athletic. Uh, Bertie Miller, thank you. Thank you to our wonderful listeners. Oh, if you want to rate, review us, and share it, that really helps. That would be great. Uh, We love you. And we'll be back more with more LSU football next week. See you then.